everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Macaw Podcast Universe, and we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are what, Jordan? Never better than the originals. And um, we are covering the Terminator franchise, and today is our last day in that world. Some would call it the darkest fate. The darkest fate. And um, today we have a little extra notes for you. I did a little extra research for y'all. Um, we're going into the box office. Why, why are you giving me that face? You're a y'all guy? Well, just occasionally. Just occasionally. Not in this marriage. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically we're going to break down the box office because this movie no one saw. Nobody saw Terminator Dark Fate. Less people than the last movie, right? Oh, much, much less. Yeah. And so um, we're going to break that down. We're going to break down the story itself. And of course, this was Jordan and I's first time watching this movie. Mm -hmm. But before we do, what do you think of this movie, Jordan? I thought it was awesome. Awesome? Yeah. It was really good. I thought I it was really good, too. <laughs> really don't have any complaints in any way about it i i'm choosing to do it's one two and then this movie are the are the true terminator movies yeah get rid of the rest don't even acknowledge them this this one was just like everything because the last movie they tried to take on the alternate alternate timeline thing and it totally didn't work and in this one they took on an alternate timeline thing and it's like yeah, this is the this is the one. This yeah. is the alternate timeline story, and it works because part of it is it's simple. Yes. Yeah, the other movie, and if you missed our Terminator Genesis episode, I highly recommend it because that is maybe the worst movie we've ever covered. Yeah. Because they're, they don't get a single thing right about anything. Yeah. As far as, like, what people like about the series. Um, so this movie, yeah, I, I went into it, like pretty and i i'm usually not the one it's usually you <laughs> yeah. where i was like pretty exhausted with terminator and yeah. kind of over it a little i was bit. not excited to watch this movie yeah i was not excited either and um but you know like what did get me a little excited about it what is when we because the movie's on hulu yeah and when we clicked on it there are three women on the cover of an action movie yeah that is cool that never happens Except Charlie's Angels. <laughs> okay. Uh, three women on the cover of an action movie that are not scandalously dressed. Yes. That doesn't happen. Um, but, okay. So, I, I went into this, and I'm like, I hope that I like it. But I kind of looked around, uh, you know, doing my research and stuff, and nobody really liked this movie. We, we do have to say, though, that we knew it couldn't have been worse than, the, the, than Genesis. No, and and if you'll let me get to my dang I'm sorry, point, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that. Um, so I, I I was like not sure how I'd feel. I'm hoping I'll like it, but my hopes had kind of dashed by this point because we watched so many bad Terminator movies. Mm -hmm. And part of it is that Terminator Genesis was so bad that this was like a bucket of water being dumped on you on a 110 degree day because mm -hmm. it was just. It, it was basically a masterpiece compared to the last movie. Totally. Um, and I kept waiting for that moment where I'd go, okay, this is why everyone didn't like it, this thing. And I never got there. And I, I was... I know. It even looked really good. 
The movie looked good. And it, the, the it action was, cool. was really cool. And the acting was really good. And the story just made sense. Everyone's motivation was so obvious and good. Yeah. And the, even... I think a lot of the times, especially in action movies, when you have um, like a female character being tough, she comes across as not nice and a not nice word. Yeah. And that was Mackenzie Davis's like she kind of fit that character, but she, there was no part of her that felt that way. She, she no, delivered no. it. So I don't know, like she was a hard ass and I trusted her. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, she is so annoying. I these are all the reasons why she shouldn't be complaining about this thing. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, <clears throat> I think in a perfect world where there are no mistakes in movie making, I think Terminator 2 would have been the last movie. Yeah. Period. Totally. And then um maybe they could have done something else. I don't know. But I think and and because the other three movies so Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and Genesis all explore, like, they try to do something different with a sequel after 2. Mm-hmm. And I think because they try to do all those things and all of them fail, and this one is a little bit repetitive, but it does that but thing. But it's interesting. I think that this kind of is the only possible sequel. I think that it th- this movie would have definitely been successful if the other... Th- not... It, if the other the other three didn't exist, yeah, I think because if it was if they're just like we made a third Terminator movie and it's been you know thirty years exactly, people would have lost their mind exactly because exactly for the reasons that you said, all of them are pretty bad and there yeah. was th- the last one was also just so bad that people were like I'm done yeah I'm not gonna give you any more of my money and people actually didn't which in some ways very fascinating well and um. Funny enough, I don't wish that the movie did bad, but I'm kind of glad it did because all intents and purposes, they were ready for a new trilogy. That's true, and they shouldn't be doing that. I mean, that was their plan, was like, they are going to make two more after Dark Fate. Yeah. That will have like, um, not Diego, or Danny as like the main character. And I'm really glad that the movie did bad enough that maybe this would just be the end of Terminator. That's a good point. I do think, though, that it's very possible that someone in five years is going to be like, I have an idea for a Terminator movie, and it'll be like another relaunch. And it won't be good. No. <laughs> but um, I don't think you can get better than this one for a reboot with I, a I don't series think so of this either. history. And I, I, think the, um, I think the genius of this movie, the, the smartest decision they made is to kill John Connor. That yeah. was the smartest decision they made for this movie. Yeah, I I agree too because he is just a a parasite sucking the life out of most of these movies. Yeah, and it, I mean it makes sense that they they're trying to come up with a new storyline and it's like, well, the first two had Sarah, like you know, mostly Sarah. So let's yeah. really dig into the John character, and it's like he's more of a MacGuffin than anything. Yeah, we, I, I, well, kind of. Yeah, okay, but you know what I mean. Like people yeah. are just trying so hard. To just figure something out with him. Yeah, yeah, and I think just starting it over and and the the one thing the one thing I really did. Well, no, we'll get into that part later. But shall I break down the total box office for this uh-huh. series for you? So, um, world. No, no, no. Yes, let's go worldwide first. 
The number one grossing movie is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Number two is Terminator Genesis, surprisingly. Number three... Is this like with inflation and all that? This is just world. Okay. So Terminator Genesis was one of those movies that made... Oh, that's right. ...way more money in China. That's right. Um, So then Terminator 3 is the third. Terminator 4, Salvation, is the fourth. Dark Fate is five. And then Terminator 1 is six. That makes sense. First movie, it, I don't think it had much of an international release, if any. I can't yeah. remember. Um, so Dark Fate at the very bottom, okay. basically. Then series domestically. Terminator 2, highest grossing. Terminator 3, Salvation, Genesis, Dark Fate. And then I think Terminator 1 underneath those. Uh-huh. Again, because first yeah. movie. But... um. So it's pretty much like if that doesn't show you right there that each movie after two makes less money, it's kind of like, I mean, even just on a purely non-artistic level, it's time to be done. I mean, even the Twilight movies made more after every movie, right? Yeah, I mean, it fluctuates a little bit, but these are pretty dramatic. Mm-hmm. So this movie in the U.S., Jordan, made $62.2 million. Worldwide... It made 261.1, and the budget of the movie was 185. So it didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any money. No. Um, and again, I think it's a, a double edged sword. Like it's, I, it sucks. Not a double edged sword, but like a catch 22. It sucks that this movie wasn't well received. Cause even critics, I look, it's not like, yeah, critics didn't like it either. Critics didn't like it. Did you fans read any didn't reviews? like it. I, ju- I just looked through a couple of, I, no, I just looked at the numbers. I didn't okay. read any reviews. I know that it looked like um, David Sims um, liked it. Okay. Like, wasn't crazy about it, but... Like, it's serviceable. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And, um, but I, I think it's worth, I think it's worth watching. In an ideal world, you would just watch one, two in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's get into the production. So, um, the movie's directed by Tim Miller, and this is his second movie. What's his first? His first movie was Deadpool. Oh, I keep forgetting. Okay. Yeah. Which? But Ryan Reynolds made that movie. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he was a big part of it. <laughs> I know. I just, I just think it's Ryan Reynolds or no Deadpool. Yeah. Um, but this was interesting to watch because. Wait, did he make the second Deadpool? No. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They got a different director because of creative differences. Oh. Yeah. And then he goes on to do this and, um. I think this kind of puts him a little more on my radar because when it was like the director of Deadpool's doing Terminator, I'm like, well, I don't think Deadpool's necessarily that well directed. Uh-huh. Like it's a it's a fun movie. Kind of diminishing returns for sure. Oh yeah. But definitely. at the time when it came out, I was like, yeah, this rules. Then the more I have seen it, it's like, oh my gosh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um and it doesn't look good. Like it's a it's a pretty ugly movie aesthetically, I think. It's it's concrete. It's whatever. It's washed yeah. out concrete. You yeah. Know? Um, so I was surprised at how, how much I liked this, and I'm very curious what he will do next. Yes. He's not one of my guys, but curious what Could he'll he do be? next. M- maybe. Probably not, but <laughs> maybe. Um, the screenplay, David Goyer, he's kind of a guy that, that gets thrown around a lot. He was one of the main writers on the Dark Knight movies. Oh, cool. But also some of the newer DC movies. He's... He's kind of a Hollywood guy where you send him sure, a script. Sure. He works on it. Um 
Justin Rhodes, who did Contract Killers. Billy Ray. Cyrus? <laughs> no. Who is writing the Devil in the White City TV series. Yeah, like that's ever going to get made. I know. Um, he wrote Richard Jewell, which we're big fans of that movie. Yes, yeah, very good. He wrote Gemini Man, which is another movie that's critically an audience reviled, but a good movie. Yeah. Um, Overlord, Captain Phillips. And we I forgot we've talked about him on our Hunger Games episode. Okay. He wrote that movie. Like one the of first the writers. Movie? Yes. Okay. Um, story is all those same people plus um James Cameron. Actually, Billy Ray only worked on the screenplay, not the story. Um Charles Egley, who works on Walking Dead, Dexter, The Shield, Dark Angel, American Gods, one episode. And then Josh Friedman, who... These people all have a story credit? Yeah. Um, who, How does that even break down? How does that work? That is well, so frustrating to me. Why is that frustrating? I, like, frustrating. why so many people that, that, like, I mean, I don't really know how it works. I know a little bit because of that Detective Pikachu episode on Blank Check. Yeah. And they talked about it. But all these people have story credits and it's like, what happened? They all went to dinner together and had ideas or throughout, throughout pre-production, everyone had like one idea and it's like, Oh, well, that's good enough for a story credit. I think it's cool because Cause they're covering all their bases. They're covering all their bases. And I mean, this is such a movie where it's like, okay, I look at the list, like James Cameron, it makes sense that he's contributing story. David Goyer, you know, the people who wrote the script, but maybe, maybe Charles Egley looked at the script and was like, you know what would be cool though is if John Connor died and then the, then uh, there was a new savior. Maybe that's his only thing, but it's like that's the entire movie. Yeah, I mean that's true, especially with a franchise, it makes more yeah. sense. But and it's like I wouldn't want pe- that many people having a say on what's in my script. Yeah, but but that's why the f- the three people you know edit that know, down into one script. Yeah. Um, they do the the nitty gritty. Yeah, um, and then Josh Friedman who is writing who wrote Avatar 2, um, the Snowpiercer show, okay. the Sarah Connor Chronicles show, which we never really talked about on this podcast, and that's okay, but Fox had a Sarah Connor TV show, and uh, Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Good movie. Um, and then got Tom. It, it's got Tom. Got Tom. It's got Dakota. Who's his son again? Uh, I don't know. I got to look it up, but okay. Going. Well, uh, music is by Junkie XL, who we've talked about on a lot of uh, episodes. He's uh, Mad Max and also Mortal Engines composer. Um, the cinematography is Ken Seng, who did Deadpool, Bad Words, Step Up 3D, to name a few. So here's another problem, I think, that this movie was up against. Uh, it came out November 1st, 2019. Now, I know we're covering the series in the winter, but this is oh, a summer movie. Yeah, it's not a winter movie. Like, I think November 1st, that's like you're getting strapped in, you're getting ready to watch dramas and, like, family movies, not Terminator. This should have been, like, a July or August release. But it's also the year that Endgame came out, so... Hmm. And also Spider-Man, so I don't know how you navigate that. But you would think if you released this, you know, around the time that Spider-Man came out in July... Or maybe it was June. Actually, I think it was May. But you release it somewhere around there. Somebody's going to see Spider-Man and be like, let's double feature. That's what I think. Because Okay, so those movies did come out. Yeah, and you know they're going to run all summer. But don't re- just don't release it within a month of them. Yeah. I think... Yeah, come on. Get it together. People get bored. 
Um, okay, so let me jump into some of this production. Uh, Miller leaves Deadpool 2 and starts working on this, but he requests that Cameron be involved. Cool. You know, we've talked so much about rights yeah. in this series. And so um, then the producers are like, yeah, okay. And they add Cameron. So after all of the, like, craziness, when I was reading the uh, production of this movie, I kept expecting it to be dramatic like the other movies. And it's just like, oh, we wanted Cameron, so we got Cameron. <laughs> just very, like, okay. Yeah. And he was too busy with, you know, he wasn't going to direct it. No, no. Um, But uh, so Cameron said, we're pretending the other films were a bad dream or an alternate timeline, which is permissible in our multiverse. So... Right off the bat, they're they're saying I'm gonna go with bad dream. Yeah, um, and then it was setting up a trilogy. I've already said that. So M- Miller. So here's another story by thing. This is really interesting. Miller consulted with novelists to reinvent the franchise. So he talked to the sci-fi novelist Joe Abercrombie, um, Neil Asher, Greg Bear, Warren Ellis, and Neil Stevenson to like see what this world could cool. look like and become before the, they started they do, writing. A lot it. of the people you name are like especially action as well. Oh, okay. Um that's an intro I haven't seen that move Mm-mm. before. I like that's that. cool. Um Billy Ray rewrote much of Goyer's draft. Miller wrote the film's action scenes while Ray handled the characters. So there's a little bit of a breakdown for mm. you. Um and they had no backup plan if Hamilton said, I don't want to be in it. So they would just recast? Well, I think... You would have had even less movie come, people come to the movie. No, I. it sounds... No, what I got from that is they're like, if Hamilton's not in, I guess we're not making it. Oh, they sorry, the I, mis- I misunderstood. Yeah, she's in it. We're going to make it. Like, if she passes, we're going to have to just write a new script or something. Hmm. So they were pretty committed to that, which I respect. Um... Hamilton had some more stunt doubles, but she still did a lot of her own stunts. She's so cool. She's so she cool. She is so cool. Um, and she's still buff. She's buff, yeah. And I love her hair in this movie. I think her hair rules. Yeah. So Miller and Cameron uh, did a lot of the ed- editing, which resulted in a lot of disagreements, apparently. Oh. And Miller said he still likes Cameron and everything, but he wouldn't doesn't necessarily want to work with him again. It's like working with, I mean, that's his baby. Yeah, yeah. That's that must have been so hard to do. Um, it was the subject of comments which criticized the film's focus on an all-female main cast. And Wait, the, start over with that sentence. It was the subject of comments which criticized the film's focus on an all-female main cast and the absence of the Terminator and John Connor, and raised concerns that the film was an all-male reboot similar to previous attempted critical and commercial failures when the trailer came out. Which is stupid. That's a dumb opinion. I didn't feel that way at all. A female reboot? Yeah. It's always been Sarah Connor. She's been... Uh It's Sarah Connor and and Terminator. Yeah, it's just... That's a dumb opinion to have. If that's... If you're so scared of something because women are now the leads, like, just get over it. Just get over it. Yep. Ghostbusters with women? Cool. Oceans with women? I haven't seen it, but cool. I think I was hesitant to those ideas. I will admit that, but I've grown, <laughs> and it's fine. And if you have an issue with that, that's weird. <laughs> it's weird. But I'm speaking as someone who used to, so you can change. You're There's allowed a, to change. a very funny It's Always Sunny episode uh, that is an all-female 
reboot of their bogs that when they go on the plane and try to drink more than some baseball player wade boggs wade boggs and they do an all-girl reboot of that episode it is so funny yeah well and and it is a another issue too where i mean i i tend to think like and i don't think this movie is a product of that at all yeah this is very natural storytelling yeah yeah yeah. um but um there is and i will give people this where it's like uh, this is how i felt about oceans where i was like why are you making an oceans movie just make a new movie that's a heist with women you don't like i think that's what they say in the in that sunny episode where yeah. it's like what's the, it's just women but you have nothing new to say yeah yeah that that is something that is interesting i mean it's a big issue it is yeah. it, like and i'm not saying it's a problem i'm saying it's just a, it it's a big discussion that we don't necessarily need to or have the means to unpack in this episode no 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 but i do think it's it's just a funny episode it's, it's, commentary on it. Yeah, and it's it's lame when that is your takeaway from a series you like that now has girls in it more mm-hmm. prevalent, especially mm-hmm. a series that is about a girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, get over it, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm assuming. I guess that's wrong of me. Um, by October 2019, Gail Ann Hurd, so this is a month before the movie comes out, had filed to terminate a copyright... Copyright... To terminate? A copyright grant made 35 years earlier. Under this move, Heard would again become a 50-50 owner of the rights with Cameron, and Skydance Media could lose the rights to make any additional Terminator films beginning in November 2020. Oh, brother. That is so boring. Just jargon. But that has so much meaning. <laughs> in October 2019, Cameron said that sequels... Oh, wait. This is... No, this was... I'm sorry. This deal... Yeah, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Okay. In October 2019 as well, Cameron said that sequels to Terminator Dark Fate would further explore the relationship between humans and artificial intelligence while stating that a resolution between the two feuding sides would be the ultimate outcome. That month, Schwarzenegger said that Cameron would write the Terminator Dark Fate sequels and that Cameron would begin work on the next film in early 2020 for release in 2022. Sources close to Skydance say that as of now, there are no future plans. So I have a question. Yes. And yeah, this might be a dumb question. Uh-huh. So in this movie, we find out that the original time, the, the original future, the 2029 future yes. has been altered. Yes. And there is no Cyberdyne and no Skynet because yeah. they took it down. Yes. Thank you. Um, but also, wouldn't that mean that Terminator wouldn't exist? Well, I think this series operates on... It's different than, like, the Looper series. Okay. Where I think um, it, it's more like th- all the timelines kind of happen at once. Sure. So... Different dimensions. Like, once Arnold leaves that alternate future and comes into our future, he's, he's now in our future. Okay. Okay. And I think if you follow that logic, too, um, I think you could suppose that... Um, it's possible that if they killed John Connor, for example, in the first movie, I mean, Sarah Connor, that um, the outcome maybe would just be, would have to be lived through again and turned differently. Hmm. But it still would have happened. I don't mm. know. But I don't know for sure. Okay. Uh, it just seems like that's that's the like time travel approach they took rather than like, the looper approach where when you affect the past, it changes the present right now. Uh-huh. 
I don't think they took that approach. Interesting. Okay. It's kind of an, a, a, there's so many theories on time travel, so you can kind of yeah, do a lot true. of different cool stuff. Um, Not in Genesis though. No. Are you done? <laughs> yes, I am done. Yeah. Okay. So in this movie, we have Mackenzie Davis who plays Grace, who is the augmented cyborg person. She is in Blade Runner 2049. Wait, this movie takes place. No, no, the future is 2042. Right? Oh, close. Wouldn't that be nuts? That would be. Uh, she's also in Halt and Catch Fire, Black Mirror, The Martian, Irresistible. The, she was in The Turning that came out last year, I think. I think it was last year or like January this yeah. year. Yeah. Also, she was in Tully. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing trailers for that movie. The movie didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have an interest in that one. But yeah, that's Mackenzie Davis in a nutshell. And then Natalia Reyes plays Danny Ramos. Uh, she is in Birds of Passage, Cumbia Ninja, 2091, Running with the Devil. Oh, she's in a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, in a nutshell. And then let's find... Oh, I, we have to cover him, even though he was in one scene. We have to cover Tom Hooper, who is one in Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. Guys. His name's Tom Hooper? Yeah, and he's British. That's the name of the director. Oh, yeah. Who did Cats. He's the good one. Um, uh, I'll repeat it and see if you say the same sentence. The director who did Cats, Jordan. Yeah, Tom. this Tom Hooper I'm talking about right now was the good one. Oh, interesting. He didn't direct cats. That, that might, that's what makes him the good one. That's the only reason that makes him the good one. Okay. Okay. I guess <laughs> okay. I'm lost. Okay. Um, yeah. Tom Hooper guys is in umbrella Academy. He's one. He's amazing. And everyone needs to watch that show, please. I'm not even going to say what else he's in. Go watch that show. Okay. Jeez. Um, okay. Now let me find the other guy. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Luna, who plays Rev Nine. Uh, yeah, he was so good. He was amazing. He was so good. I love. He's him in this. Agents of Shield. Oh, he plays Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield. Really? That, I didn't even know they had the guts to put that character in that show. Wow. But so that did. means he probably won't ever be in the movies. It's too bad. Oh yeah. I could use a little ghost. He's also in Bernie. He's in Transpecos. Dark Web, Holla. Bernie's a good movie. Yeah, that is a really good movie. Um, There is a movie called Harley and the Davidsons. <laughs> and yeah, it's about motorcycles. <laughs> no way. So, that can't be good. There's no, just no way. No. Oh, he's also in True Detective. What season? I don't, how do you find that out? Wait, what's his name? Gabriel Luna. Oh, he's in Temple Grandin. What the heck? Oh, he's in season two. Three episodes of season two. Mm. One of the worst seasons of television I have ever watched with my own two, two eyes. That's pretty much it for me. Okay. Um, yeah, that covers just about everybody. So let's start talking about this movie. So the movie begins, and it's showing footage of Sarah Connor. For once, no voiceover. Am I right? There's, no, no, there's there's Sarah Connor's doing voiceover. But the first shot is of the Skull Beach. No, no, the first shot Ugh. is is the footage of Sarah Connor screaming oh. in uh, Terminator Two. Which, when upon rewatching it, 
Yeah. It's made me, it's solidified that it is one of the most uncomfortable scenes on film to me. Where she's yelling. Yeah. In the... It's really real. Yeah. Well, and they also added like a grain to it and they, they kind of like, they made it look even scarier than it appears in Terminator 2. And she's... No, they're showing it on a TV in Terminator 2. Yeah. It's like the same shot. Yeah, but I, I feel like they added a little something, a little edge to it. Oh, And how okay. they edited it or something. Because I also the way it's edited is very cool where it like it shows the logo to a movie, then it shows her and she's yelling and stuff like that, and then it shows another logo. Talk about then setting it cuts a tone. Back to her. And it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Um, one thing that I was impressed and very surprised about um considering this is the same man who directed deadpool is this movie still has like the earnestness of a good terminator movie mm -hmm. the like the first two whereas like i thought maybe it'd be a little more like tongue and cheek this is dark and cool oh okay and we're shoving it down your throats man yeah like this is this is the real terminator and it, it was it, it didn't feel that way to me yeah um but then we see a bone beach which uh really cool because it took a while because of waves were pulling back the sand to reveal it i would yeah, love that was cool i would love to know how they did that if it's as simple as it is they just buried a bunch of skulls in the sand and then waited for the tide to the come tide in, to come in. it looked incredible and, and also love that it's finally a like we're seeing the skull thing, which is it's a Terminator movie. You're probably going to see someone walking on a skull at some point. Yeah. And I'm it's, it was just like un, unexpectedly refreshing to see it in a different location because it's usually just anywhere like it's probably L.A. Well, it's it's usually like the the battleground that they made in, in um I almost said episode one in the first <laughs> movie. Yeah. So it was cool to see it on like um in a natural habitat. Yeah, and it, the showing them coming up from the water too was really cool. Very cool. It just was so moody. And and I loved, you know, I love those laser sounds. Those are really cool, and I like how they didn't update those. Mm -hmm. I don't think they have in any of the movies. Mm -hmm. Um um they probably did in Terminator Genesis, so crap. Um and uh yeah, a cool I don't think they did cool cuz I feel like I've commented on that. Oh, that was yeah. like my one positive note on that movie. <laughs> uh well, bad movie. Um Worth watching, though, because it's so bad. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have, we see this woman, like, you know, the electricity orbs, the time travel bubbles that we've come to when know and love. When do we see Sarah at the, be the beach, though? Oh, <laughs> oh okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> I forgot. That's the, that's the first scene. So it, it cuts. <laughs> no, it hasn't been a couple of days. <laughs> we see young Sarah Connor. And um, this scene, everyone is unbelievable I, I think it might be the best it is the best um cgi recreation of an actual person holy i think today crap. it is the, so what so just yeah because i gotta say so they had an actress on set that looks kind of similar to enough sarah connor and then they but had they got the hair the hair like dead on to what it was which it a lot of the floaty. times what? It wasn't floaty and it could have no, been. No, but like even when someone tries to restyle someone's hair like 20 years later and they're like restyling just a different person's hair uh -huh. to the same hairstyle of that past character, it always just looks a little off because it's not that person's hair. Yeah. I mean, guys, I I, th I said Linda, ha Linda Hamilton still looks really good. And Micah <laughs> said, no, that's like that's they de-aged. De yeah. <laughs> it fooled me. <laughs> and when they showed John Connor, I was like, but no, that guy's old now. I know it, it's 
this actually, besides the fact that this is like not shot on film, um, which, you know, I don't notice that all the time. Like it looks like it was, it looks like it was shot during T2. Yeah. Like that they got these shots and they'd never used them. Like it was an alternate ending or something. Yeah. Arnold looks slightly different than Arnold. Yes. But I think they did a magnificent job recreating one of the most iconic faces ever that we've ever seen in movies. Yeah. Um, but it, but so they had like a woman on set who was Sarah Connor, and then Linda Hamilton's like doing the scenes as well to kind of show her how to act, right? Um, what like Sarah Connor would do, yeah. And then they're just putting on a new face on that lady, and it's and they're referencing, of course, they're referencing all the footage from Terminator Two, yeah. And they, they do have, have a lot to work with. They have a lot to work with, but I mean, John Connor looked like he they looked found like a, a time like a literal time machine, and they plugged that guy into it and he came back as a kid i know and i think we are getting very close and i think this movie's one of the marks we're getting very close to where like uncanny valley is no longer a thing uh-huh reminds me of that bojack episode yeah where they scan in the people's faces in case he dies so they yeah. can just cgi him in for the rest of the movie yeah i we're getting close it is unreal it's kind of it looks so good it's kind of scary. <laughs> it, no, it is. It definitely is. And how ironic is it that it's kind of scary in a movie like this? Yeah, because it's about technology. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I am like, I don't know. I, I'm just, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I just could watch this scene for the whole duration of the movie. I was that blown away by it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's truly like a feat. Even if you just watch the one scene. And so this Terminator comes in. It's Arnold, but uh-huh. it's not. It's another actor. He kills John, and I I think I kind of tuned out for a second, got uh-huh. distracted by something, because I thought this was like a dream sequence. Right. I was very confused. And, and she is narrating over this. Yeah, and I think that, the, again, I think this is like the genius of the movie is just killing John. Yeah. And I, I love that whole idea of, yeah, he was the savior of the human race, but you changed that future. Yeah. So he's like just a kid now. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Right. So when they shoot him, and I think it it provides Sarah Connor oh, with okay. a really nice like character arc yeah. and like a lot that she gets to do. So she did explain this later on. But um, so when they blew up Cyberdyne and Skynet, that changed it. Yes. Period. So they like but basically cut off that timeline. They did. But one got through. Still, mm-hmm. she explained, and that's the one that killed her son. So, like, one did get through, and he was still programmed to kill John. Yeah. No, even, regardless of the fact that the future had been changed. Yeah. Okay. And that's that would be really my only issue with the movie is that's just a very like retconny thing to do, where it's like, yeah, yeah, that's convenient. But I'll, but I'll accept it. I totally accept it. Yeah. I think it's fine. Um. But uh, gosh, that scene was just so good. And uh, yeah, and I think the implication is that. Like that Terminator was sent before Skynet was destroyed, so like at some point in T two uh-huh, they uh-huh, sent another one. Uh-huh. I think right. it's the implication. Like maybe right as soon as Robert Patrick died. Yeah. Um. So, um. Then we see our familiar time travel bubble, and this woman falls off of a bridge. Like I like, love how they did it. She like went in the middle of the freeway. Like yeah. the, I guess the the sphere was like in the middle of the bridge yeah that was cool and yeah she fell 
far. She fell. <laughs> and we get, you know, you've been commenting a lot on the nudity in the franchise, and you've been complaining when they don't give us enough. Okay, well, that's not true. Well, you kind of were. But you know what I mean by that, I, yes, right? Okay. I'm also just you better fun be of you. joking. <laughs> but we got because some, we got some good female nudity in this movie. But <laughs> <laughs> it is not. She is not sexualized, and she's naked for a whole scene. Yeah, it, and you it, see nothing. No, I was impressed in how they shot it because it felt very much like the same feelings when you saw Arnold in the first mm -hmm. movie, where it's not like absolutely. Oh, here's this hottie who's got like a crazy body. They even did a, that one wide shot where you saw all the police cars, all the people, and her. Yeah, her whole body. Yeah, and it was. You didn't I, see it anything. Was tasteful. It really was. It really was. Also, Mackenzie Davis is huge. Yeah. By huge, I mean tall big person was just we were commenting on it the whole movie about how big she was she's only 510 but <laughs> when she's up against protecting well, I think, uh, danny um, who's probably like <laughs> five 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 four she's probably gonna look a lot bigger yeah and i i think it was funny because i hadn't really i'd only seen blade runner 2049 of um of her stuff although i think you did mention one other that i saw but i'm sure she had a small role in it um and when I watch this movie, I'm like, give her everything. I want to see her in everything. And then I look at and her filmography and I go, oh, she's actually pretty accomplished. I just have been late to this train. Yeah. Because she's unbelievable in this movie. Oh, yeah. She's I great. loved her performance. And um, so she gets kind of rescued by these people who like help her. And then we're in she... Mexico City now, by the way. Yeah. And that's another thing. We talk about this so Change much. Change of location. It's not Los Angeles. It looks different. Thank goodness. And it just is refreshing. Yes. Um, and so she fights off of the cops, and then she grabs the guy's clothes because she's, she's big. She's big. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we see another Terminator show up, and this is like our bad guy. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet? We, are, we cut to um, Danny. Oh, right, right, and right. It, It's just show us being introduced to her character you very um like right off the bat you see that she's very um i guess like she's fun she kind of has it all together like she yeah. she gets everyone in order like she makes sure her brother's up in time for work she makes sure her dad's ready for his appointment clearly they don't have a mom maybe so she she's is born like, with it maybe it's maybelline so she uh, is kind of like the take caretaker of the home so yeah. she's just doing everything that needs to be done for the day uh very uh leader oriented orientated yeah which is interesting because she becomes leader of the human race um, kind of too not not actually but a little bit too bad that her brother died because i was kind of digging him he was really good i liked and i i i kind of am always a little bit interested in like a character who is interested in being purely just famous doesn't even matter if he has <laughs> yeah. a talent because like when we're introduced to his character he's just like posting a picture of himself on instagram and is <laughs> yeah. like 147 likes like that's pretty good huh <laughs> it's like you're a real person you're a real person so many people wake up every morning and think about that yeah we do we do <laughs> so uh yeah we're introduced to her family they go off to work and they work um at the auto assembly line like you said yeah and then that is when the rev nine shows yeah. up. yeah and it's it's a cool touch that when he shows up he freezes all the laundry that's in the air and it uh -huh. shatters uh-huh because of the electricity and stuff uh-huh cool also suspended in mid-air uh yeah sphere. he falls as well but he lands but he lands you know kind of like Arnold. in the first movie 
Um, and then he goes up to the dad and he's like, hey, where's Danielle? And the guy's like, Danielle? I, all our friends call her Danny. It's Daniela. Or Daniela, yes. And then next thing we know. He, dude, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. He him. was, yeah, so when he went to uh, her apartment and was talking to his dad, it was like, this guy's sweet. He's even a little cute. Yeah. Yeah. What? He's turning on the charm real. Because I, I couldn't quite tell yet because I had no idea what this movie was, who the bad guy was. Oh, okay. Quite yet. So you I, never saw a trailer for this movie, did you? No, I don't watch trailers. Right. That's right. Um, so you, you said that just like I'm a peasant for watching no, trailers. I just don't really like <laughs> them. I don't watch trailers, you You know peasant. this about me. But um, I mean, of course he is. He, whatever, whatever, whatever. But his acting is just really good that it's like, okay, so he shows up and he's being charismatic, as Micah might say. Yes. She shows up and she's not really giving you anything emotionally. Yeah. A lot of the times you're going to side more with the emotional person because yeah. they're a little relatable. So it's like, I don't really know who to trust right now. Uh-huh. You clearly find out who you should trust. Yeah. Well, and and it's it's a smart choice because you know we have Arnold, unstoppable killing machine. We have Robert Patrick, who's unstoppable killing machine, but also kind of cool and mm-hmm. suave ish. Then the third movie, kind of a wash. The fourth movie with Sam Worthington, definitely a wash. Yeah. The fifth movie, I don't know what I saw. Uh-huh. So he he chose to do it with you know like there's that scene when they're at the um, border, and he's like kind of cracking jokes with people. Mm-hmm. And he he does seem like a cool guy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, he knows how to. But then he turns yeah, on a dime. People. I yeah. mean, I want to see this guy. I want to see this guy as Ghost Rider in the next Marvel movie. I would take a Ghost Rider movie right now. I really would. I would. And I, I would also like to rewatch the Nick Cage one. I would like I would. to rewatch them and do a Patreon series on them. And probably is there only two. There's only two. And probably possibly have Olivia on at least one of those. Oh, because it's Nick Cage. Yeah, <laughs> National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, oh my gosh, we can do two, four Nick Cage movies. Yeah. Until it they just make. Be back to back to back. Well, but, oh, we're doing it. We're doing yeah. it all in succession. Well, we'll we'll do the Ghost Rider while we're covering National Treasure, leading up to the release of National Treasure three. Oh, in like twenty years when they finally make it. No, they're they're like working on it. It's they've been working lit. on it for how long? No, but this one seems real. <laughs> Just like how Devil in the White City, directed by Martin Scorsese, with starring Leonardo DiCaprio, seemed real. Yeah, that's been in the work. But hey, but it took him twenty five years to make Silence, so you never know. That's true. But I don't think that that move that is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen with an iteration of it being directed by Martin Scorsese and starring Leonardo. Yeah. I think at some point Leo's going to drop. And I don't even know if Scorsese's directing the TV show. I think show. people have just kept, whoever's involved keeps forgetting to take down the IMDb page. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I liked that a lot. So they're at the factory. There's a pretty cool fight sequence where yes. um, Grace. But leading up to it, I thought was really good. So, um, so that they're working. Oh, no, no, no. So they get there and there's a machine doing their job. Yeah. So you like through um, insinuation, brother's going to get laid off because that's where he works. Yeah. So the sister goes and takes care of business with the boss and is like, how can you let this happen? Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff. A lot of conversations we've heard before. Yeah. But as that's going on, uh, the guy, Rev9, comes in. No, no, no. But no, yeah. Rev9 comes in as Dada. Yeah. 
Because he has, if he touches something, he can take its form. Just like Robert Patrick. Yeah, which is just cool because they mention that. So you like the rules are very much uh, something that you can latch on to. Yeah. So he comes in and you think it's dad. And um, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's, he says that the, the son forgot his lunch and they get there and he's like, you forgot your lunch. And it's like, no, Danny grabbed both of our lunches. It's right there. And uh-huh. he's looking for Danny. And then is this when Mackenzie also shows up? I think so. And they just start fighting. They just start fighting. Um, pretty cool. I think the like physics slash the the hits in this movie really are hard. Uh huh. Because oh, she Grace does has action. Yeah, she has like a sledgehammer, and she's like hitting him in the face and but stuff. But I like and that at crazy. one point when she does hit him in the head, his like body absorbs it. Yeah. I think that this is the first we've talked about this on this series. This is the first time that they make an update to the the T series. Um well I guess he's a Rev9. That's actually interesting and it's not just kind of the same thing as Robert Patrick. Oh, it's absolutely interesting cuz for the first time since the second movie, I don't know how they're going to beat this thing. Yeah. yeah. I felt that unstoppable force again. Really really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, guys, we like this movie. It's it's good. It's a good movie. But Mackenzie Davis and her action. I mean, it's like I would not want to do an action scene with her. I think she would actually hurt me. That's how I know. She, great she is. She needs to be in John Wick Four for sure. Oh my yeah. gosh, she needs to be in John. Maybe Wick 4. that'll make John Wick Four good. Yeah. She, <gasps> please, Keanu, ring ring, get ring, her ring. in, Keanu. Or she, you know what? She should be in Matrix Four. Actually, oh that would be my cool. <laughs> gosh, that would be incredible. Okay, I'm just gonna try an experiment and see if you say the same thing. Um, she should be in. Uh, it's over, but she should be in Matrix Two. That would, that would be, be perfect. Nuts. She'd be great in it. Oh my gosh, she could like <laughs> replace the Trinity character, not like replace her, not well, like she recast. Did, she died. I know. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying recast her. No, no, no. But like fill in that yeah. void. I am so curious what that movie is going to be. Matrix Four. Yeah. Because Trinity is like second build with yeah. Keanu. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's got a lot of hard work. Yeah. To to make it half as good as the other stuff. I know the action will always make it at least half as good because there's always an emphasis on it. Yeah. But. The I, from my memory on the last movie, a lot of it was predicated on like these things were meant to happen and they have been yeah. happening. Okay, yeah. so all that stuff happened and they broke the cycle. <laughs> yeah, and now you want to make another movie, but they do kind of end it. It's they end it when with a deal between the machines and humans. So it's it that is true. That's true. Yeah, and if if we know nothing about the Wachowskis, we know that they are earnest filmmakers. That's and so true too. I don't. I know it's only Lily. I don't think. Um, I forget the other Wachowski's name is, but I think it's only Lily solo credit. To which direct? Is, yeah, which is really interesting. Oh, I don't know if it can be good. But it's Keanu, come on. But but here's here's the other thing I want to say about it. Um, what is interesting is like they I know probably, most likely, Lily is not gonna show up and go, now let's make it like twisted and like no. fix the franchise. No. Yeah. Because they're can be, they're too earnest. Yeah, everything well, I heard he, about. Hopefully, the other one at least like produces. Like maybe. Hopefully, oh the uh, yes, I see. Like what you're maybe saying. like the other one is 
directing something else and just can't work yeah. on this movie. It's weird. I think it's the first time they've ever not directed <gasps> something together, though. Weird. So that'll be that's weird. Interesting. It'll be interesting if it shows. You know. Uh huh. Um. Everyone's gonna be. You know what? Curious. About you know what's something thing. I really like? Movies. And I love talking about movies. <laughs> and we're here talking about movies. And this is a good one. Hey, let's one. get through the first act already. So there is a big fight sequence on a freeway. Now, if you remember <laughs> Terminator Back to 2, Matrix. I said, and yeah, Matrix, when we were rewatching it th- this summer. Mad Max, whole thing's a freaking freeway. You gotta have more freeway scenes in movies. Yeah. Freeways chase scenes are cool. Yeah. Especially when they're shot well. This one's cool. Shot when well. he jumps out of the semi and like jumps into their truck Mm -hmm. which her brother was killed a little bit ago (laughs) he's not killed until that truck is destroyed that's right but we'll kind of skip past that but his so the rev nines like body can leave the skeleton the cpu sure is what i saw online which was a cool way to do it the nanotech that tony stark created still works (laughs) yeah what's really cool is so this Terminator has like it's like a black kind of. It looks so cool. Really cool. It looks a little bit huskier and not as like thin as the other ones. Wait, really? I thought it looked thinner than the other ones. Oh, I thought it looked like it. There was a little bit more mass to it. I think that it looks a little bit more elongated. Interesting. Um, in the skeleton and the the spine looks really interesting to me in it on how it. Well, we want your thoughts, and the only way we will accept your thoughts is if you go to um, Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Tell us your thoughts on the designs. Sure. Um, but uh, it's cool, and they, they they don't say it, which I like, but you can see that the CPU, like exoskeleton, does not have a brain. And throughout the movie... it's an, uh, Exoskeleton implies that it's the outside. Uh, this is the skeleton. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there is no brain in it. And and what's cool is throughout you see, they they do a really good job of like showing you that that portion of it can't really think, mm-hmm. in the same way that the the actual like um, stuff that left the CPU can. Yes, it's like a server that's sitting there and it's just doing the it's actions. It's driving the car. It's supposed to do, but it can't necessarily like react and do stuff. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was real because it was kind of subtle. Uh-huh. But it definitely showed Man, through. I think it's that same scene too when he morphs back into it. Yeah. It was just like big thumbs up for me <laughs> yeah. on how it happened. The effects were just so cool. And I think you did a like, what? Or I think you might have done a fist pump. Probably a fist pump. When they're like trapped uh-huh. and they're going to die. And then the, the car like peels out and Sarah Connor oh, just yeah, gets I out did one in for her. slow motion. And she just like unloads a whole gun and then pulls out a bazooka and shoots the Rev 9. That's fist pump worthy. And it's like, this is cool. Yeah, so she shows up out of nowhere, seemingly, and blasts him off the freeway. And she says something like, I'll be right back. But she doesn't she doesn't say the cheesy line. No, she says she says, I'll be back. Oh yeah, but the way she says it is really cool. So yeah, yeah she goes down to make sure that like throws a bomb down there, like make sure it's gone yeah. or whatever. And she just looks cool. Oh, they she looks gave her so such a cool. proper intro. She has not been in the movie. In the series since T2. So you and this is the way to bring her and back. And you in. told me that she wanted to have the hairstyle that she has for this movie because uh it's like old lady, technically you know, white. And I'm short. hoping that I didn't misremember that. Either so, way, I think it's a really good choice. I think I think she said something like, 
you just don't get action movies where a woman is old and uh, like retired. Unless you're Helen Mirren in red. Yeah, and good for Helen Mirren. But um where it's like, you know, you always get like a Liam Neeson movie every year. Uh-huh. But it's like a Yeah, that's know. a good point. Yep. And so and so for her to like really encompass uh, like the gray like, hair and stuff. And she looks older. She's such an icon, man. She's she so rules. great. We lo- and she was like pretty much retired from acting. She yeah. like kind of came out of retirement for and this movie. And boy, does she give a compelling performance. I love it. I love it. She's like, she's that perfect like Cameron cheesiness in this movie. But also when they meet up with Terminator, her acting throughout that is yeah. like, man, that is rough stuff to get through. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so that that happens when she goes down there. Um, Grace and Danny steal her car and drive away. Yeah, and this is when Grace starts like getting sick and like kind of passing out and convulsing. Yeah, I think. Um, and they go to a pharmacy to try and help her. So you're slowly kind of learning. Like I think even Danny made have might have made comments about like she had some scarring, and it's like she had like mesh wiring under her. Yeah. So it's like, what is she? Um, and then then she's like, it kind of reminds me of like, she's diabetic and she needs an insulin shot. Cause mm-hmm. I think she just kind of like takes insulin. I mean, I, she, I she needs there a was lot a of line where we were discussing how cool Sarah Connor was that they describe, they explained why she needed that stuff. But I think probably, we were like, well, I, in my brain, it's like she, she was a full on human. Yeah. Who is, and it is explained that they, basically make her a cyborg they put about most of her is now uh robot parts yeah but she still is human and i'm assuming like those things can't totally work together that well or like the stuff that she has been replaced with still does not give her the necessary nutrients to stay alive as a human yeah so she needs to take like insulin shots the nutrients nacho libre oh okay so i really like that scene too uh especially with like the the tension was really high with the people in the store and that one guy like trying to help. Yeah. It's just it was good. And and when cuz you talked about how she's both. Yeah. Um it was really cool how when they went to the future war, we didn't see who the person was that they were transporting, but I think we can kind of assume it's Danny. Yeah. And then also the the like terminators that attacked them were very much like the T1 million mm-hmm. in um, T23D, listen to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw to get that episode. Um, because they have like tentacles that come out and oh, like they look hit so people. scary. And, and it was cool that they just like killed like immediately, they were just like killing left and right, uh-huh. they were crazy. Uh huh. Um, and then that's when Danny's like, make me an or Grace is like, make me an augment. Mm-hmm. Cool, very cool. Um, so then, um, yeah, I think a big part of that was because. Danny clearly, assuming that was Danny on the stretcher, it's like she is dying. So she's her, the whole idea is like send me back so I can save her. Yeah, okay. Or, yeah. or protect her, I guess. Yeah. Even yeah, we get in more into that later though. Right. So yeah, um, Sarah catches back up with them, and they go to a motel. All three of them together, and this is where we get a lot of things explained at this point. Yeah. A lot of it we just told you about yeah. grace but then you also learn like you said earlier about sarah where she's getting these texts every so often with coordinates leading her to a new terminator that is spawning for her to kill and it always ends with for john she has no idea who it is and i like i like that she thinks it's someone who is saying who is like taunting her 
Yes. Who's saying like this one's for John. Yes. And this one is, and then you you find out later that it's it's Carl, the old Arnold Schwarzenegger, sending her like he's trying to like make up make for, amends. Yep. Which is kind of beautiful. Unbelievable. It is so good. We'll get into that as we get to that scene. Yeah. But we also learned so Sarah's explaining basically T one and T two to them. Yeah. Um, and Grace says don't know what you're talking like, about. Like, I don't know what Skynet is. There's a thing called Legion, though. Yeah, and this is kind of throughout the next second act of the movie. We learn all of this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, like, Skynet and Cyberdyne do not exist in 2042 or whatever, yeah. and it's never existed. So what Sarah, Sarah did worked. Yeah. Um, And by her son dying, he kind of just, like, died for no reason then. Right. Which, you know, makes it more traumatic, yeah. of course. But, um... So we're in the motel. We're in the motel. And then b- basically at some point they're like, we we need to cross the border. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget why they need to cross the border, but they need to cross the border. And Linda's like, really? You want to take someone who had their own episode of America's Most Wanted, me, and you want to take an undocumented immigrant through the border. What are you talking about? Cool. Um, oh, I like how they say too, because Sarah just wants to take out the Rev 9. Yeah. And Grace says, you do not take it. You don't take it out. You run away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're on the train. There's a, there's a sequence where Grace like basically is explaining, um, the she, future. Yeah. And she said like, you know, I came back here to protect you, Danny. And Sarah said, Oh, it's because you're going to give birth to the, the person that's going to save the human race. Yeah. Oh, another womb to protect. And I like that commentary kind Me of, too. um, that's interesting. It is funny, though, because right when she says that line, you're like, oh, okay, so she's the leader of the human Yeah, revolt. yeah, yeah. I was kind of already assuming that. Me too. And especially because she was cool, well, although I guess Linda Hamilton's cool, too, in the first movie. but um, It just would have been too on the nose. Yeah. Um, and so they cross the border. This is when they get caught by um, Border Patrol because... There's a lot of cool stuff where like the Rev Nine can just like look through um, systems, and so he like tracks a drone and like alerts the police and flies this drone into the ground. Which I like how he 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 just can go to a computer and just put his hands on it. Yeah, he doesn't have to type and like. Yeah, it's figure cool. It out. He just processes it. And and it's it's cool how um, it's it's always cool to remember that drones are huge. Yeah. Because you always see them in movies and stuff, and they're usually from where they're at, and they look so small, but they are the size of a, yeah, you that, know, that a truck a cool or so. Where he took that over. Yeah, and he, he tries to kill him. Um, and then they're in the border patrol area, detention center. The detention center, yes. And they take Sarah away, um, from everyone else because she is like a most wanted person. Yeah, yeah. The guy's like, "You're famous." Yeah. For probably being a crazy old lady. Right. As we know. And then um, then uh, the Rev-9 shows up. There's that great, uh, you know, shows his chariz- charisma and stuff where the guy goes, remove your weapon. He takes it off and he goes, my whole body's a weapon. And then he walks through the metal thing and the guy goes, the metal detector. And the and guy's he's like, like, oh, my hips are replaced. Served two, two wars in Afghanistan. And the guy's like, oh, okay. Thank Thanks you for, for your service. service. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just cool. He's got kind of a Texas drawl uh-huh. as he's talking. And then um, it's just cool how like nonchalant he is Mm -hmm. going through and he's just looking for them and trying to kill him. And of course, you know, another cool action scene. Oh, this is when um, Grace is incapacitated in like the medical area. And they're these like doctors are discovering 
Like yeah, they're what, pulling back stuff. What going, is her? What like, is how is she alive right now? <laughs> and um, when she wakes up, she like knocks them all out. So I like when she when she wakes up and she's like, "Did I tell you you could look at my private parts?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they get out. They fly a helicopter. Get away. Uh huh. Um, as they're doing that, they I, so meanwhile throughout this, they figure out where the coordinates. Oh, that's why they need to get to Texas because they find out the oh, coordinates yeah. are to where exactly where grace needs to go if they need help which is also the place where sarah has been always like wanting to know who's been doing this so she can kill like kill that person yeah so they go there and of course it's arnold we are halfway through this movie and we finally get arnold yeah and And he did there's no um actor billing at the beginning of this movie whereas in all the rest except um salvation it is well, and I think Terminator 1, but it's it says Arnold Schwarzenegger, then it says the title of the movie, then the next build person, and which is very interesting. The movie is so good that when Arnold shows up, he is just another great addition. It's not like the movie yeah. had been missing something. This doesn't feel like the Ip Man Bruce Lee thing. The, he actually no. feels pretty essential to this plot. No, or yeah. And, and they found a really fun angle because... Each movie tries to find a new angle, and Terminator 3 and Genesis are kind of like, Arnold's back, and he's the same Terminator from Terminator 2, basically. Mm -hmm. And this one, he killed John Connor, and then he slowly... Over 20 years or so. Like, grew a conscience, basically. Mm -hmm. He, uh, as much as a robot can, fell in love with a woman who already had a son, so has been helping her raise her son... And I do like how he does mention, like, it, our relationship's not physical. It's purely just supportive of each other. Yeah, because she doesn't know he's a machine. Yeah. And um, and because he's grown he a conscience. He has a drape business? Come on. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, and because he's been growing a conscience over these decades, he, he has learned to, as much as a robot can, feel remorse for what he did to Sarah. And and not to be too plug heavy, but I do have a song called Nervous Tick, and the what, the in, ending of the song goes, I think I'm growing a conscience. Oh, it's and, about Terminator? And even though I wrote the song before Terminator, I think it's truly about Carl. So go listen to Nervous you Tick. You it Carl. <laughs> Carl's drapes. Go listen, re, go listen to Nervous Tick by Micah McCaw, <laughs> and uh, that's me. And, you know, share with all your friends. Give me $100. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're there. They need to figure out like how he can help them if this is where the coordinates lie. Uh Sarah is also just wanting to kill him immediately yeah. and is uh, struggling with just trying to figure out what she should do at all about it. Um all of uh, their dynamic is awesome cuz mm-hmm. there's also that lovely weight of here's two iconic roles and they're finally together again. You know, there, mm. there's also that added like behind the scenes that you take into the movie where you're like, finally, he's seeing Linda Hamilton again. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and I, at some point during the scene, she does tell him that she will kill him again. Like she, once w- this is over, once this is over she kill will you. kill him. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So they figure out that they need to get like a, an a, EMP, an EMP to take down Rev 9. Uh, something very funny is um, I saw that someone has... A lot of people on Letterboxd will make stupid, fun, uh, like, a uh, list of movies. Like, you know, I have my Peaches and Film list. Uh-huh. Well, there was someone, and they, they they got Letterboxd to share it, too, so they could get more things where it's the, the list was 
movies where they explain what an EMP is. <laughs> <laughs> Are there a lot? A ton. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> Their list had like a hundred on it oh already. And it's just it's so funny because sometimes you don't realize like a trope or something that's common in a movie till someone points it out and then you're like, oh yeah, they explain EMPs in like every movie and yet we still feel the need to explain them like we don't all know what an EMP is. I didn't know what it was. Maybe well, you I've... don't? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like it's explained in like every other action movie. It's an electromagnetic... Pulse. Pulse. Okay. Yeah. It like shuts down electricity in like a region. Cool. They use I it in Ocean's Eleven. Think about it, though. That's always the parts in movies that I tune out because I don't care about how it works. I just need to know that it's going to or not when the time comes. Yeah. So maybe that's why <laughs> I need it explained and everyone else does, too, because they know that we all tune it out. Yeah. But, um, you know, they get it from some army guy. Then they get in a plane. Rev-9 catches up to him. Starts slashing the... Pe well, this is when... um. Um, Danny finds out she's the leader of the free world or the, the well, no they have to get up in the air first so they get in the plane they get up in the air <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, S is going down so once once they're there and Rev 9 trying to catch up to them by hijacking another plane yeah that's when Danny learns that she is the leader of the human race in 2042 or whenever this yes. happens and it cuts to a scene of Grace as a child uh, like alone in this apocalyptic future about to get killed by people, Danny shows up and saves her. Yeah. And instills I hope. I like this part. Really good. Oh my gosh, really good. Where? Uh, where she instills hope. But like she has a little speech to, to all the To the people pe that were attacking this little girl. Yeah, about, about like we're all on the same side because we are all human. And she like hands them back their weapons. And helps them up. Cool. Unbelievable. Cool, it's earnest. It really is. Ernesty's good. And they all like leave together. Yeah. Um, Amazing. And so... Then they're in the plane. And then Rev-9 shows up, hits, uh, just crashes into their plane with his plane. Yeah. Wild stuff. Uh, a lot of action ensues that's hard to describe. They but do they're... a lot of cool stuff with the plane going down and changing, like, gravity. Yeah. And there's a part where they're all, like, floating. Floating because the, the plane is at The a... altitude is so messed up. Yeah, and they're, like, going down so quickly or something like that. And yeah. it's causing zero gravity. And uh, earlier in the, the scene, they like, when they get on there, I think Grace mentions, like, you know, you can we'll jump out of the plane if anything happens. And I'm like, cool. They get parachutes. That's fine. Uh -huh. No, she meant they're going to get into this uh, car. Humvee. This a Humvee hum with they're a gonna parachute. They're going to get into this Humvee. And, yeah, so they're getting into it ready for it to just come out of the plane. They're probably thousands yeah. of feet still in the air. And yeah. I'm like, wait, you can't put parachutes on cars apparently they do and i didn't know that yeah so well the, i think they do i don't know for sure but probably the, the movie seems pretty like uh hard sci-fi yeah this stuff have, happens have you ever seen um and i'm it oh i actually they do it in the dark night so you have um but like that they, they have um these these planes with like hooks on the front on the nose of the plane and in the military if they need to like pick someone up, they can like shoot this balloon in the air. Yeah, they do and that in the dark night. The plane like catches the balloon and takes the person up into the air. I think when I saw the dark night and that happened, I didn't fully understand that that was real. Yeah. And well, so I think they say it's experimental, but I remember watching The Unit, which was a show on CBS, and they did that as well. And I and I think I asked my dad, and he's like, "Yeah, that's a real thing." I don't know how often they that is use so it. Crazy though. But you'd think it'd just rip you apart immediately. Well, not Batman. No, 
not Batman. But well, Dennis Haysbert in the unit, maybe. You know? Okay. Doesn't sound like Batman, so. He kind of is in that show, actually. I don't even know what the show is. <laughs> it's just something my dad and I watch all the time. You'd watch anything on CBS back in those days, huh? <laughs> no, just CSI in that show. You watch CSI? Oh, man, I got into CSI. You did? Well, okay, fun story for the audience. I hope. Um, yeah, I got into CSI, and this is, you know, before Netflix and streaming, and I was, like, trying really hard to go to Blockbuster so that I could watch, like, all of CSI because oh. they had, like, the series, and I just never wound up renting that first one. But there was one night, and I don't know if you ever saw this episode, but there's an episode of CSI that's, like, two hours that's directed by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. And, I don't think I have ever seen one episode of CSI. Okay. From my memory, memory, and I didn't know who Quentin Tarantino was. I had no idea. But this episode was insane. And and as a kid, it was crazy. And I was like, you know, I think my bedtime was, you know, 7.30 or 8 or something like that. How old were you? I mean, I think I was like a fifth grader, maybe. Your bedtime was 8? Maybe not 8. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Just what I remember. No, probably 9. Okay. Probably that, 9. Okay. But I think I did have earlier bedtimes. It might you have been 8.30. You just 830. threw up at 7.30, though. No one no. goes... I mean, your mom goes to bed at 7.30, but... Uh, Dad, I know you're listening. <laughs> Let me know wh what my bedtime was in fifth grade. Um, but the, it was a two-hour, and uh -huh. I was like, can I please stay up? Can I please stay up? And I think I was able to stay up for, like, like the, the full first hour, and then they taped the second hour. Okay. And it was just crazy, because one of the characters got buried and was like Ugh. buried alive and they were like trying to find him yeah and they identified it by like this species of bug that was crawling around Oh, that's cool it was pretty cool there was also a melted body in a trunk and they opened it <gasps> and there was did like, they show stuff was it like gelatin jordan quentin tarantino directed the episode yeah so it's just all this like soapy. they showed they sh yeah like soapy gross this was on television it was on television it was a big event because it was like we got quentin tarantino to yeah we'll let him, even CSI. the network's like i don't care if we lose some ratings <laughs> or anything like we're putting this on here yeah so um i gotta watch this it, it would be a fun episode to revisit it i bet it's very easy to find online probably on some streaming service yeah that's what i mean i'm not one of those illegal watchers not anymore so, um, anyway, uh, they parachute into zero gravity or after the zero gravity scene. And they they're, parachute. they're right over a dam. Yeah. So and they... this would have been such a cool ride mm -hmm. if like you're on this Humvee thing and then it swings around to the back, a Terminator pops up and is trying to like knock you down so and scary. then you fly backward down. Uh -huh. That'd be crazy. But they're in a dam. Cool. Um, they, they eventually fall underwater and they're in the car and it's just Sarah and Danny. Yeah. And it's just like th the stakes were so high. They were so high and yeah. no one saw this movie and the stakes were so high, especially in this scene and the rev nines trying to get in. So water's getting in now. Cause it's like bashing in the windows Yeah, and Sarah's telling her something with a parachute. Like once the door opens, like let this parachute go. Yeah. So it happens they they give have enough of a diversion to swim up to the surface and i like what you pointed out that this underwater scene wasn't so insane that it didn't feel like no one could hold their breath yeah i held my breath and it was pretty easy yeah to get through i that scene. really liked that because i feel like so many times in movies it's just like oh i would have passed out yeah. 15 seconds ago well, then, no one's and tom then, cruise well and i was gonna say then you see um rogue nation mission impossible rogue nation and you're like this is like an eight minute scene and then you find out 
Yeah, it was an eight-minute scene. And then you find out, yeah, Tom Cruise really learned how to hold his breath for eight minutes. And you go, could a series get any And no better? one voted for that series to be covered next on the bracket. Well, people voted. It just didn't win. I know. Not enough. But it did be Underworld. Oh. And then it lost to Indiana Jones. I mean, that is a tough one to overcome. People just don't want us to do that series. I, well, I know for a fact at least one of our listeners uh, wants us to have a bigger audience before we cover it. Because oh. he views it as like, that's like your magnum opus. <laughs> like, you can't do it yet. You, you got to wait. It? It's Jake. Oh, okay. It's like, you, you, you got to wait until like you have a thousand listeners or something like that, <laughs> you know? Um, so anyway, then there's a big fight in like the water treatment plant. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and you know, hard, always hard to describe action. Yeah. But I, uh, but grace using the chain thing. Oh yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Badass. Uh, yeah, they quickly find out there's like this turbine turning around <laughs> and they're trying to get the rev nine over there to like smash it. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually they do it. Big explosion. Huge. Um, uh, Arnold gets messed up really bad. Uh-huh. The rev nine gets incredibly messed up. But before it like comes back to life, because we all know it's coming back. Yeah. Um, Danny is with Grace. Grace is dying. And she says that you need to take out like my power, power source. Because yeah. it, it will. It's like an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse. <laughs> um, and it will. That will be the one last thing that can stop it. Mm-hmm. So she does it. Pretty good emotional scene, I think. Yeah. Um, and then it's just Danny and the Rev-9 fighting. Yeah. Also really important part i think of that scene showing her doing it because she just found out that she is gonna save the human race yeah to which of course she's like no i won't do you know who i am i'm nobody and then you see her taking on the thing that will kill the human race really wonderful and that actress she's owning it she's so good she does so good like it's so you're just there you're like you rule yeah so she's struggling a lot of course and then um sarah wakes up because she was incapacitated and then um arnold wakes up too Long story short, Arnold and the Rev-9 get down into, like, this pit. Yeah. And it kills both of them. And he says, for John. Yeah. Which is kind of like the thumbs up thing. emotional. Did you cry? No. Did you weep? <laughs> no. But he was looking at Sarah when he said it, of yeah. course. And, of course, Sarah. And she Sarah gets it now. Was, yeah. Because, you know, she's like, I was going to kill this thing. But then she it's as if she finally forgave. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. And then Danny and Sarah, they go and they look at the young Grace who has yet to grow up. And then I think uh, I think Danny says something like, I don't want that future to happen. And then Sarah says, well, we got a lot of work to do. Love, 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 love that ending party line. It's cool. It's so cool. Yeah, I so I think this movie truly is a product of the three other sequels. Um, yeah. I, th- I really don't think that if this movie, like we discussed earlier, I don't think if this movie came out without those other sequels, maybe even without just Terminator Genesis, I, I don't think it would, I think it would have d- done some pretty big numbers at the box. Office. I think so too. Because it's also like, it's a rated R action movie, which most of the time they make sure those are PG 13 so that they can get words in this movie though yeah so that they can get a big bigger audience and it was like no this is like you know it's dark fate 
if we wanted to yeah. be PG thirteen, we would have just called it Fate. So you would have you would have thought in in an alternate world where there aren't three really bad sequels, um, that that more adults would have been like, heck yeah, I'm seeing this cool sci fi, yeah, action movie, cool, yeah, leave the kids at home, babysitter, yeah. let's watch this movie, um. But yeah, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly as good as one and two, but mm-hmm. I think it totally works. Absolutely. And my recommendation for people, unless they want to follow along with our podcast, which I will always recommend that first and foremost, is just watch one, two, and then watch three. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dark Fate, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other three are very, very missable. Absolutely. If you're a completist... You gotta watch them, but if not, if you're Micah, you gotta watch them. If you're me, watch one, two, and Dark Fate. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would, I would, if I could go back in time and tell my younger self what to do. Oh, because of Terminator. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, weird series. Very weird. Um, it's been. I hope they never make another movie. I really do too. Or if they do, I hope it's stop motion animated. <laughs> okay. Because that would be worth watching, if nothing else. Okay. <laughs> Um, let's hear your ranking. Uh, one. This is one is one. Okay. Oh no, no, let's go worst to worst best. To best. Okay. Worst is Genesis, and then you have the third one. I don't know what it's called. Rise of the Machines. Rise of the Machines, and then Salvation, and then Salvation. <laughs> uh, Dark Fate, Judgment Day, Terminator. Okay, mine is almost the same, but I would go Genesis at the bottom. Then Salvation, then Terminator 3, uh, Terminator Dark Fate, Terminator 2, Terminator 1. Cool. Um, the reason I give 3 the edge is the last 10 minutes of that movie. I I think they do pull off the ending of, like, it's inevitable that Judgment Day will happen. Yeah, I just e- really didn't like it. Was, I was so bored. That no, whole and, movie. and I get it. I just, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, ideologically, I like that idea. And I do think, I don't give points to the movie for this, but if you look at the movie, you can watch that movie now with all the sequels they've made, and you can read it like, this is their way of saying, it's inevitable, they're going to make sequels to this, and we just have to make one. And that's kind of a fun like meta reading of yeah, the movie. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's very fun. I think a lot of people will truly enjoy that <laughs> and just give us five stars and and probably go to patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W and they're going to listen to our Gremlins episode that we recorded for this month and go, oh my gosh, I love this. I'm going to upgrade to the $10 tier and also send Micah and Jordan $50 extra every month. I think that's possible. <laughs> Once they watch Terminator 3 and think of it like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but guess what, folks? You probably already know this because you've been following the bracket. The bracket won. We have a fan pick series next week. And next week is Christmas, so Merry Christmas. But on the day of Christmas, while you're opening your presents and stocking and, and eating all that leftover turkey from Thanksgiving, um, don't forget to sit your entire family down and... Listen to our episode on Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Because next week's it's pirates, folks. Of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> so that we is going to be... We finally get to unpack Johnny freaking Depp. And we oh, wait, a... no, we already did. Well, oh. but we it's more unpacking. It absolutely is. And then we get to unpack Gore Verbinski, yeah. which is going to be fun. Yeah, that is. We also get to unpack um, Javier Bardem. 
Huh? Yeah. Javier Bardem. Oh, he's in one of the later movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to go. I have not seen the last two movies. I've only seen the first three. I think I have two. And we'll I'm going out. in fresh. I'm going in fresh. Except I know that the first movie rolls, so I'm very excited I, to, to watch me, that again. first two movies roll. But it's been a very long time. I loved the second movie, but I'm not sure it'll hold up. Sure. You know That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But I'm hoping. It'll at least yeah. be kind of cool. But, um... Thanks for listening. See you next time. We'll see you next week. 